You're listening to Creative Thursday, episode number 207. Welcome to Creative Thursday with Marisa Ann Cummings. We're talking all things life, business, and creativity intended to inspire and empower you wherever you are on your creative journey, both personally and professionally. Thank you for listening. Hi, hello, it's Marisa here, continuing on with a theme of finding stability, calm, peace, joy, any and all of the above during times of chaos. I am excited to introduce you to a very special guest. The quick backstory is that almost exactly one year ago, I was coming back from the retreat that I host in the south of France, the painting and art retreat. Oh my goodness, how I'm wishing I was how I'm wishing I was there now this year. I was coming back and I was on the plane landing in Los Angeles and I had just become a part of a community of fellow membership owners and we were putting together accountability groups and I saw an accountability group a request for adding members and the name was the California Dreamers and I knew uh hello (laughs) I'm a California Dreamer I have to reach out I have to reach out I have to meet these women in the California Dreamers and It was started by Rena Oriana, and through the course of the year, there were a few members, and one year later, it's Rena and I. She has been my accountability buddy, one of my biz besties that is behind the scenes supporting me as I grow as a business owner and as a membership owner, and hopefully I am doing The same for her. We meet almost every week on a Zoom and we have our accountability check-in and I cannot emphasize enough how valuable that is. Truly making that time to connect and know that we have similar goals and visions and wanting to support each other in bringing those to fruition So not only does Rena inspire me from a business standpoint, an online business owner, membership owner, fellow entrepreneur, but she is an artist as well, and her art form is flamenco dance. She's been a professional dancer for 20 years. She's based here in Los Angeles, and this month she is celebrating her five-year anniversary of the online flamenco studio which is rena's membership where she teaches you from beginners to more advanced she teaches you flamenco come on isn't it the most amazing time that we live in that you can learn a flamenco and at the uh, launch of this episode head to onlineflamencostudio.com. Rena is hosting a challenge. So one thing she mentioned in a dance challenge, and that leads to enrollment of her membership. 
And so if you are, I was about to say, if you are intrigued and this is coming across your world at this very time, I want you to pay attention. I was starting to say that Rena mentioned how when something pulls you or comes across, honestly, right now, it's like our virtual feeds, you know, a Facebook ad, a post, something will catch your attention and invite you to participate and pay attention to those moments because this could be one of those moments that will be a game changer for you. When, when something comes across your path, I believe that it is meant to be there and very often it may be an answer to something that you were looking for. And I don't mean for that to sound vague, but I've gotten really good at appreciating social media and algorithms for this very reason. They know what you're looking for. <laughs> they probably at this point, without sounding creepy, have a better idea, have a pretty good idea of what you might like and what you might want based upon your online habits. And so I see those opportunities that float across my Instagram feed and my Facebook pages as exactly that opportunities. So that's a quick inspired tangent to say, pay attention. If you are listening to this, this may be something that you want to investigate so today, I am not only having Rena on as an inspirational business owner, but she inspires me so much with her approach to dance. And as I talked to you last week, I wanted, well, I intend for these next few weeks to have a special theme of bringing you opportunities and, and thoughts and possibilities on this idea of grabbing hold of, as Rena says in this episode, even just five minutes, 10 minutes of something that really connects you back to you in your day. And I think there's never been a more important time to prioritize that. I know a lot of us give lip service to making those priorities. And certainly there are seasons of life where it can feel more challenging, but I really want to impress upon you and encourage you that now is truly, now is truly the time. Don't wait. Don't wait for a better season of life that will give you more time. On some level, you decide. You become the decider of, of prioritizing what makes you feel good. And that is what we're talking about in this episode. How do you want to feel? in relation to also the process of what you're creating and building, whether that's refining your art practice, building your online business, growing as a dancer. It's all a journey and a process. And again, we hear this so many times, but in this episode, Rena brought insight to me that it, it sparked a new desire to really find that harmony in the journey and not be in such a hurry to get to some end result. And it is also through dance that I have learned that it is 
not realistic to expect myself to emulate my beautiful dance teachers, but instead to come close-ish and to honestly celebrate the fact that I showed up. And this podcast is also one of those moments I had, I will be talking to you more about this, but just yesterday I had a minor surgery. I was put under general anesthesia. I'm not feeling a hundred percent. I'm feeling well enough though. I'm not pushing. I am feeling well enough to be with you here today and to have shared this time with Rena. And I give you a little advance notice and say about the first half, it was lunchtime at Rena's house. And just like many of us, she is home with her entire family. Her husband is working from home. Her children are doing online learning. Her, her dog is also present. Like we are all living very full lives. So I just let you know to hang in with the sound. And then partway through, we paused and shifted to a quieter place. And then the reason that I, I share this with you is also some of what we talked about in this episode. A reminder of perfection at this stage is for, what does that even mean? It's for the birds. It's just, it's not always going to happen. It's better to be here, share this conversation with you, to introduce you to Rena and her work at the online flamenco studio than it is to make sure that everything is just right in every area of sound in the background because that's just how we're living right now, especially. So it's a very liberating time in saying, if you're hearing this at this time, it's one of two reasons. You are being called to pursue a new passion and maybe that's flamenco dancing. And you are being reminded to don't let perfection get in the way of you squeezing something really special into your day that's very meaningful for you or creating something very meaningful and special to share with others. And that's just a quick reminder for today and Without further ado, my conversation, I bring you my conversation with Rena, Oriana. Enjoy. Welcome, beautiful Rena. I am so happy to have you and have the opportunity to share share your story and and share with my listeners this theme that I was just telling you that I decided to focus on this month, which is about finding ways of, gosh, what do we even, what are we even after? (laughs) Like calm, peace. I mean, this has just been such an incredible year. And at the time of recording this, we're almost a couple weeks away from a massive election here in the States. And my listeners know that I have turned to dance and fitness and yoga massively during this time. And so I wanted to not only bring you on because I adore you and you've been such an amazing support to me and my business, which I'll give, I'll put more backstory on the front end of this episode, but I just love what you're doing. So would you share a little bit of backstory of how you 
came to Flamenco and also talk to us about the online Flamenco studio that you started and is celebrating. Is this your fourth year or fifth year? This will be my fifth year. Yes. Wow. So, well, thank you for having me here. It's exciting to be here again. <laughs> <laughs> we meet, we have to stop meeting like this. <laughs> So, um, okay, so I've actually been dancing flamenco for 25 years now. So, um, and back in the before days, I used to be a belly dancer, but I was always a, um, a flamenco dancer at heart. And finally, um, you know, I found my teacher, I found my place, and then eventually I got into a dance company, moved to Spain, trained even more, and then relocated to Los Angeles. And, um, and so after, cause I was born and raised in San Francisco and that's where I started. And then, um, once we moved to LA, I started teaching and performing all the way around uh, everywhere. And so I, you know, and you know how LA is, you, you drive and you drive and you drive. So I had no problems just, you know, driving like an hour to go teach an hour class and then drive in another hour back. And then once I had kids then it was just like I can't keep I can't keep this up so I got my studio in one location that was nearby and then um, I taught my X amount of, of um, classes but you know people wanted more of me but I, I just couldn't like it was just too taxing on the family because you know daytime was just like being a mom being a parent nighttime is flamenco and then like and then like I said 2 a.m. I fell asleep you know it was just like I just could not keep that up so um Back when um, my youngest child finally entered kindergarten, it was like, oh, okay, maybe I got to go, you know, I need, I want to work more, but, you know, I've always been an artist of some sort, so I've never had like a real job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know that world. Well, no, I had a few, but they didn't last very long. <laughs> like, well, what am I supposed to do? Get a job? Uh, <laughs> an entrepreneur at heart. And then, so I started, you know, looking for um, some sort of online thing. And it never, like, people would, you know, I would always think, or, you know, some people would suggest, well, why don't you teach flamenco? Like, well, back then it was like, um, you know, getting, why don't you create a, a DVD? Um, and I was like, well, who's, who would want to learn dance like that? <laughs> I mean, so I just put it off for like several years. And so I was navigating through the world of online business of trying to figure out what to do, right? And, um, but then it wasn't, finally it occurred to me, well, well, maybe I do want to do this because, um, since I had been, uh, teaching, I somehow knew to create my own website. I knew that I needed to build an email list. I don't know how I knew, but I yeah. How did you know these things? You just were, had good entrepreneurial instincts. Yes. Yeah. I may have, you know, picked it up somewhere. So I created an email list and it first started off with just like you know carbon copying or blind copying like a thousand not a thousand people you know a lot of people and any time that I um, taught uh, dance through like a park and rec I would you know keep all their emails and spam them which I would never do now but that's what I did then um, and then um, yeah so I built up an email list and so I then I you know about eight years ago you know I started a blog because someone said like well you're online you should have a blog right and um so with that blog and have starting that little email list, more and more people found me from all over the world. And um, that's when my email list started expanding a little bit more. And like that were out, that was outside of my, you know, LA area. Um, and then people would ask, Hey, well, do you have any videos? And I'm like, well, no. Okay. I guess I'll put up some, 
free tutorials on YouTube. So I put those up and those were a success. And then um, at that point I thought, well, maybe I should, I could teach something online. And, um, and at first I thought it was going to be a, you know, DVDs and then the world of, of, of a membership online kind of uh, was presented to me. And um, so then I asked this small group of people that were on my list, like, Hey, if you're interested in me, um, creating some sort of membership thing, let me know. And I, you know, I put tag them or group them up. And so that was it. I, I created like just a very, very, very small membership with like, um, you know, I started off with maybe 10 people and, um, just a few, uh, videos. And since the last five years, you know, it's grown and grown and grown. Now I have over 30 courses and I have several hundred people in the membership and from people from all over the world. So it's, it's been amazing. And that, and to know that people actually do learn, <laughs> that was like the big thing. Like it wouldn't make any sense to have all this material if people actually didn't learn. And, but they do. They do. It's incredible. I mean, you, you packed a, you're good, Rena. You packed a whole, a whole history into just a few minutes. And I also just want to say for listeners, we're in, we're still basically in a pandemic here in California. So if you're hearing uh, sounds in the background, Rena was sharing with me that it's family lunchtime. So just we're, we're all making uh, the best of, of everything. And this there's so much that I want to come back to in what you shared, but right away, this has worked out um, so so beautifully in terms of what we're experiencing now because you would have, you don't have an in-person studio, you can't do in-person classes, and so you have this opportunity, you know, you're, you're essentially, would you say, even one of the first flamenco online studios yes i am the only well i guess i'm pretty sure i could say i'm the only american one for sure i started up at the same time as one other person in spain from seville started theirs up so we've been kind of uh growing um we've been growing ever since so yeah definitely one out there first (laughs) so Talk to me about what is this bringing to people now, especially? Do you find that that your dancers, and you serve all levels of dancers, right? Someone who just wants to come to know flamenco, are, are they invited or can they participate in your offerings through the online flamenco studio or? Yeah, usually the people that join you know, if they're new beginners, it's because they have a passion for it. So it's not like you would just take, um, so it's not like you would just take some sort of Zumba class and just try it out. Like with flamenco, it's just more like, you know, you're learning a language. So, you know, you have to kind of enter it that way. And so people that do come into flamenco, um, it, uh, they have that knowledge. Um, and so, especially during this time, yeah, I'm not teaching any of my classes. My dance studio has been closed since March. So it's like seven months now. And um, it's been a godsend for like the community like to still keep um, active in that sense. And I've heard over and over again, like, oh my gosh, I, re- I remember like the first time when the f- initial lockdowns first came out, I had uh, one student who was in Italy who, you know, this is before the States 
um, totally got it. But one student in Italy saying like, oh my gosh, you have saved me because all I can do is, you know, go to work and come home and be by myself. But now I'm not by myself because I have, you know, I have flamenco to keep me happy, keep me sane and keep some sort of positive aspect uh, going on. And then like, you know, as the months wore on with <laughs> shelter in place for all of us, you know, people in, in my community, it was just like, oh my gosh, this is incredible that we can, you know, still dance, still learn, still um, find some sort of um, place of, of inspiration and, and power and passion going on, um, even if we can't be all in the same room together. What drew you to flamenco specifically? And I hadn't realized that you were also in Spain. I'm going to circle back to a couple of points in your story that you shared because personally, I haven't yet, I love dance and I haven't explored flamenco yet. And I've become so intrigued by it through the way that you, you know, present what it brings you. So this is kind of a, a, a broader question, but what pulled you to flamenco? Like what drew you to it initially? And then how are, how did you end up really making the decision to make that your focus in terms of dance and career? Um, let's see, I've somehow, I don't know how flamenco came into my life, but I know that I've always loved it. I mean, there's like pictures of me, eight years old, Halloween, dressed up as a flamenco dancer, that kind of stuff. So I've always been drawn to it. And even though I was pursuing all this other, other dance, like, you know, had did the traditional jazz tap ballet as a kid, and then... I was a salsa dancer, just because I grew up with music, and then um, I was a belly dancer, a professional belly dancer, but still, there was always elements of, of flamenco, me wanting to do it, um, but not having the the right teacher or the, the right moment. Like, one time, I remember, like, I had, I had quit college to go uh, travel to Spain one time, and uh, one time I was traveling through Spain, and then I wanted to just watch a flamenco class and the teacher said no you can't you have to like you know either take it or, or leave oh, okay and then another time in san francisco i wanted to you know take one class for um this one from this one spanish teacher like actually from spain and living in san francisco and she said no it's commitment you have to like you know buy the whole package and so she scared him like oh no no but um yeah, so I don't know. It was like eventually I was always drawn to it, but I never had the right opportunity. And then finally, eventually, I did find a teacher in in San Francisco that I trained with. And um, and then um, then you know my husband and I we got married, and then we decided well we're going to live abroad for a bit before settling down. So I was like well obviously we're going to go to Spain, and uh, I chose Madrid because. You know, it's lots of flamenco there, but still lots of fun stuff for my husband to do. So, um, yeah, so I trained in Madrid for like a year. And, you know, you just you go to dance classes all day and have fun all night. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good life for sure. Okay. And um, what was the other question you asked me? Like the... Well, how, you know, being drawn to it and then deciding to share that passion with others. You well, know. I, it, it just... It, it was it was a gradual it was gradual of of um a gradual shift because i just knew at the time when i started training i mean like that's all i knew i was going to do but and i wanted to dance professionally you know uh, in dance companies and so on but to make it my main focus in life i didn't really know 
if that was going to ever happen. I just really thought that it wasn't possible because I was looking at it through the lens of, you know, performing at gigs and um, teaching at dance studios. I mean, that's the only way. And so I feel like I, I had reached that limit of of pursuing it because I, I know like other dancers that are able to make a living off of it, but they are hustling. And it's always just like, you know, being on the brink of poverty <laughs> with, with these people. And it's just like, I don't, I don't want that life. So what the alternative was, I really didn't know really, because again, like I never really had like a real job. So I was like, well, I don't know what else to do. Um, but I, I've always had, um, you know, I've had side businesses before. Like I used to be a seamstress. I used to, um, now, that was a big thing. It was a seamstress. I made flamenco costumes for a while. But um, just having that, that entrepreneurial spirit in me that um, I wanted to create the online studio. But the, the thing that just like, you know, what draws me most to flamenco is, you know, it's just like it just grabs you. It just grabs you. Like, you, it, like there's the music. When you hear the music and you see the dance, like it just goes inside of you and you're just like, oh. <laughs> And so um, that's what, you know, as a flamenco dancer, that's like that feeling that we all want to experience over and over again. It's like a drug. And, uh, and so I know that just throughout the years, I've developed the idea of where I've come to the realization, like the old school way of teaching flamenco, where you berate someone, where you shame them, where you, um, um, yeah, threaten them <laughs> to do better. I mean, it's like, you know, just kind of like you imagine like what old school dance teachers would be just like with a cane beating them to, you know, get the arm up or whatever. That style is just that it should not exist anymore. So I really tried throughout my years of teaching live classes to really embrace the idea of community, that we're supporting each other and that um, everyone can make um, progress in their own way. Like if you're starting flamenco when, you know, in your 50s, you might not become a professional dancer, but you could still look really darn good and, um, you know, and have some sort of, of presence as long as you can, you know, get out of your own way um, for trying to express yourself. So um, that's has been just how I, the attitude that I've had when um, creating the online flamenco studio is like that spirit. I want to embody, embody to everyone. And especially since you're learning online, it's not like you, you know, you pay your money and you meet people at the studio. And so you develop that sort of friendship. It takes so much more energy to, to, to log in, to take a class on your own without the community um, waiting for you to do it. So I really want to make it as easy as possible to, um, as easy as possible for um, other people to take the classes, but still I want them to, to be inspired to do it. Cause I've met so many, you know, of my flamenco peers who, you know, just, um, you know, would have to go through years of therapy because their teacher, you know, <laughs> berated them in the wrong way or just get, you know, so many head trips. Mm -hmm. So I just did not want that at all for sure. So can you talk about this just a little further for a moment? Um, as an artist, I've definitely had those teachers who, through critiques, would, in essence, it felt like try to steal your creative spirit. And it can be such a, it just can really shut you down. I know for me, for sure, it put my art career or even the thought of it being possible on pause and the reason I want to 
have you talk a little bit more about this is, you know, that's also, I can only imagine what makes your community so special. Because I didn't think about that. I've heard of ballet teachers, you know, who have been very like intense with their stick also. But can you talk a little bit more about um, how you, when you're taking this approach, you know, what, what I sense from how you teach is that you are really there to reflect a sense of empowerment and strength back to these dancers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like the, the first thing that I, I mean, like, there, there have been there, there have been and there always will be dancers like, I'm a flamenco dancer, but then they're like, you know, dance out of rhythm and they have no idea what they're doing. There's that, right? And those, and I don't want to encourage that. <laughs> but on the other hand, you know, I, it's important that, you know, the people that dance with me, that they understand what they're doing. And, um, but in, in the sense that they understand the rhythm, but uh, I also want them to feel empowered in that they can express themselves. So they need to have like the, the basics, right? The vocabulary, but then they, I really want to encourage them to, um, to step up and be brave, to be seen because that's like the, the hardest part. Like, you know, you can have all kinds of wonderful technique and choreography and all that stuff. But if you don't truly let go inside while you're dancing, um, then, um, it sets you back. And and I've seen like, there's plenty of dancers, like flamenco dancers who just, who kind of dance like rough around the edges, but they have so much power, so much intensity, so much, you know, just confidence really. And that they just, you know, let it out. Then we're just so drawn to it. And that, and, and that's like, and, and in flamenco, we say like, oh my gosh, he just look, looks so ugly. But you know, that ugly is just like beautiful because he's just like sweating and just expressing herself. But, um, uh, you know, so that's like, there's that, there's that balance. So even if like a, a brand new beginner um, doesn't have much technique, but with the technique she does have, she can do it confidently, then she's going to look amazing. So on the other hand, if you have a very experienced dancer who can do all this like totally complicated stuff, but if there's no, you know, love behind it, if there's no um, power behind it or, you know, and, 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 you know, and the sense of strong accents, then, you know, it, it falls flat. So, so I really, you know, I'm a broken record in my community of just like, okay, you need to have the rhythm, like the compas, you need to, um, um, you know, have the feeling of what you're trying to dance. So like in flamenco, each rhythm has a particular feeling. And so just kind of like, you want to think about like, you know, what's your favorite song? And, and then if you think of your favorite song, just say it's Stairway to Heaven. And then, you know, if you heard all these different versions of it, you would like hear those two notes and go, oh, Stairway to Heaven. It's the same thing in flamenco. There's rhythms and you hear like the melody or the chords. And you're like, oh, that's Alegrias. Oh, that's Solea. Seguiria, whatever. And each of those rhythms is going to have a particular feeling. So Alegrias is going to be happy and Seguiria is going to be intense. So, so I tell my dancers, you need to have the compas, which is the rhythm, and you need to have under, truly understand the feeling of, of the dance that you're trying to express. And then the third thing is like, then you have to tap inside to, you know, 
really be brave to, you know, stand up and be seen because, you know, if you're dancing in front of people, you know, it, it's such a vulnerable place. So it's either like, you know, you, you stand up and be seen, you're like, I'm here and I don't care what you all think because I have something wonderful to express or you stand up and go, oh, please don't hurt me with your judgment, <laughs> you know? Oh and I don't gosh. Want... Do we know that, Rena, or do we know that? <laughs> right. So um, that's... Yeah, that's what I really, 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 really strive for. <laughs> and how do you how do you help your dancers with that? Besides, you know, pointing it out to them, like how do you foster even more of that in your community? Because clearly when I listen to you talk about this, I'm instantly applying it. So much of it is a metaphor for life. You know, so much of creativity is just that's what we all, we all ideally want to show up with. Maybe we don't have all the technique of what we're working on perfect, but we've got a fire. We have an aliveness and that's very captivating in whatever you're doing. You know, if you're making art or you're dancing or you're building your online business, like it's really true that the perfection is just, it's, it's not about that. It's about what you're bringing to the table. So how do you, encourage that even more really teach that is that something that can be taught i think well at least in the dance world it comes where i give them a safe space it comes from having a safe space to express themselves so we they know like whether it's in my dance classes like my live classes or the online community where you know they they would actually have to post a video of themselves dancing and then i would like offer my feedback you know, at least they know that this is a safe environment. And then, and I tell, and I help them to detach from that expectation that they have of how they should actually look while dancing. Because, you know, as, as a, as a flamenco dancer, we see like our favorite dancers from Spain and like, I, I feel like I look like that when I'm dancing. I take a recording of it and like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> so I really try to help them you know, to say to let go of that expectation of trying to emulate someone else. But um, I think that the first step is, you know, being able to dance in front of other people, whether it's in that safe environment, in the online community, or in my dance classes, that's like the, the first layer of, of getting that, that, that courage to dance. And um, I think that's it. But it's like, once you take that first step, then the next step becomes easier. And then, of course, you know, once you get to that next step, then you're like, okay, how can I improve? Because we all want to, you know, improve. What is that one thing that I need to improve on? Which I, which I truly try to help because they, you know, many times they'll just say, well, I, I, I look awful. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, that's not necessarily true. What was like, you know, what's going well here? Okay, you're in rhythm here. Good. All right. What part don't you like? Okay, well, I'll, my hands look like claws. Okay, well, let's see how we can, you know relax the hands a little bit when you're doing this one particular movement. So I try to like, you know, chunk it down. So rather than trying to um, recreate or redo everything, I just try to like, okay, how can you improve on, on one thing? And I just remind them it's learning the language. It's so learning a language. So you would not expect to take six weeks of a Spanish class and come out being fluent. It's like, no, 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 you have to love the process. That's another thing. Enjoying the process because there, there is no end result. The end result is you're dead. <laughs> so you want to just enjoy that process and celebrate your wins whatever they are like okay I did my choreography I learned my choreography and when I messed up I was able to carry on 
or now I actually understand this rhythm, whereas six months ago, I did not. Okay, now I'm actually able to, to do this footwork at a faster tempo, whereas six months before, it was much slower. So just trying to give them benchmarks of like, you are improving, but you have to, you know, put in your time. So, Yeah, that's a, that's a great analogy as well, the language. I've, I've been just also referring to it as like a muscle that you develop just like you would in any kind of a working out situation it's the artist muscle and and knowing that every time you exercise that muscle that you are strengthening it yes and i love just listening to you talk about that has reminded me again of yeah this there isn't this end there isn't this end game. Like one of my teachers reminds me, one of my dance teachers is now I also take contemporary online. She's like, and and my ballet teacher there, they remind us like, are we having fun today? (laughs) Like, like that is also what we're here for because the tendency for some people, especially with ballet is that we tend to lean towards being wanting to be in control. I think, I don't know if that's the same for the flamenco dancer, but we like all the specifics of it and then we expect it to be perfect and there is a ton of perfection woven into it. However, that's, you know, you bring up that good point of when you're looking at someone who is a professional and you are catching a corner of yourself on the Zoom video (laughs) next to them and you realize it's not quite looking the same you know it's like what do you expect this person has put years and years and years you know they've dedicated their life to this craft and so just like you said how do we with everything that we're doing right now find those moments where we're just thankful that we showed up to the class honestly a lot of times I'm just really glad that I showed up to the class and did my and and did the work or you know that I felt strong that day or that I was able to absorb some of the choreography that I hadn't months before that suddenly it like started to go into my brain. Just like learning a language, all of a sudden these little pieces that you've been working towards just kind of click into place. And it's very, those are the gratifying moments, like realizing that you have made that kind of progress. Right. And on the simplest side, for me personally, and, you know, having this opportunity to do fitness, and I'm calling it more like wellness, to me, dance doesn't feel like exercise in the traditional sense. Having this opportunity to do this from home has been an ultimate lifesaver for me. And I was someone that would go to the classes. And so there are two, two points that I want to talk to you about First is, what would you say to someone who, you know, I think even up until this pandemic, a lot of people didn't believe that you could really dance from home, you know, that you could really have a similar result from being on a Zoom, basically, or, you know, a webcam, or watching someone on a webcam. What would you say to that person who doesn't necessarily believe that you get the same results? Like, what is the, the difference there? And what's also a benefit of online that you, like you said, obviously now the benefit of online is you get to do it even at all to be able to connect with the right. community. I think like, okay, like 
I mean, I would personally also say like, you know, having it live in the studio all together is better just because you have that immediate feedback, right? However, you know, I would say that, you know, don't knock the online <laughs> version because it's, you know, because it's not equal to it, but it has its whole other um, uh, benefits. I mean, like, I mean, at least for mine, the classes are all pre-recorded so people can go over them you know, multiple, multiple, multiple times and review as much as necessary. But then um, it, it also depends, like, you know, what's your goal with it, right? If you were to learn, if you really, really wanted to become like a professional dancer, I don't know. But um, but still to, 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 to progress, it's always available there. I mean, it's always possible, but it's just a matter. That I think that the biggest barrier, though, for some people would be, like, if, if you were to join a live Zoom class, that would be easy because you know you know this time you know other people are going to be there you'll see like interaction however if it's like you know like my membership you know all pre-recorded it takes another layer of 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 commitment right and so yeah. that's why it's my job to make it you know to make it easy and to make it enticing and and to remind you that it is amazing so just like you know we all know that diet and exercise are really good but you know the couch is like really calling on you the same thing with, with flamenco like you you know you know you're going to feel amazing if you do this um so you know just try to make it easy for them to log in try to make the lessons easy um to accomplish but then i do you know having that that community aspect that I do have, because we have like a, um, a members only Facebook group. And that is like what really lights people up because there you actually, you know, you can communicate, you, you meet other people, you, you um, interact, um, that you see each other's videos and you, and you learn from other people and you support other people and people support you as well. So there is, I think like the, the misconception would be that, that it's all like all online learning is just cold. Mm -hmm. And it would be the case if you just, you know, signed up to a class on Udemy or someplace like that and just took a class and didn't interact with anyone. But there is like, the, I think the human element of online learning is what's going to um, make it, you know, all the more valuable and, and somewhat close to being like on in a live uh, classroom situation. So, I mean, like for you, if you're with your ballet and contemporary, you know, it's live on Zoom you see other people. And then for me, I have the, um, the, the Facebook group. So it's, it, you know, it's important to have that community aspect and that's what really, really makes the online learning experience richer. Yes. I was wondering if, if your dancers can post videos of, of what they're accomplishing. So is that something that everybody does or just the people who are feeling braver to do that. How does that work? Yeah. Well, everyone, I encourage everyone to do it. Not everyone does. So I would say like maybe there's maybe 10%, 15% of people would do that. And uh, usually what I do is like, I have a challenge because sometimes, sometimes people go off roading through the, the site and just learn whatever choreography or technique, and they may post a video just for feedback. But other times I have a challenge so that we're all working on the same thing together and people post there with the, with the influx of people posting the same material, it gives other people courage to do the same thing. So, and then of course, you know, having the, my feedback to them where I'm nice, you know, I will, I will be 
the sick and say like what kind of corrections need to be done but you know i, I i'm nice about it and, and i don't say anything like oh that sucks no I don't do anything. <laughs> that is not your style <laughs> you don't have the stick <laughs> yeah that sounds like it would be very fun to be able to see people all together when they record do they talk to you about what they experienced or do they just post a video of the dance and then you come in do you come in and type comments or do you make little videos back for them with their feedback what i what i do is well, they they just post the video just the dance and then they might write in some comments of like you know i was wondering about this or i've noticed this and i'll usually um just leave some comments like some easy comments but then um i have a certain times of the month where I actually will do a fuller feedback. So I basically get like, you know, the whatever amount, amount of videos, I'm kind of watching them while talking at the same time, like, okay, this part right here at whatever, you see that, that's like, you, know, you got to put your arm over here because it's way back over here, you know, so I just talk it through because, you know, you can't really type all those in the comments. So that gives people uh, a way to present their videos to me and it gives me an opportunity that's like that's manageable for mm -hmm. me to to offer feedback um and it's fun it is fun because it's um you know i wish we could have more of the interaction but it, it it works really well for for me right now yeah the that is also the benefit you learn to i don't know if it's so much just online learning or but you benefit by learning from what feedback from other people. I mean, in all cases, and especially in dance, when I hear teachers make a correction to someone, I inevitably will notice I'm probably doing something similar. And so I will just act as if the correction, you know, is also for me. And it's so helpful. I'm like, oh, right. Straighten my legs, you know, be taller, turn out my turn out a little bit more. And um, so it, it serves a community as a whole in such a powerful way to have to have um, that option. It's it just it still just blows my mind, honestly. Even having been online for so long, none of this world is new to me. It blows my mind what is possible for us today. And this is not something that I thought would be happening in this format at all. Where do you? Where do you envision all of this going? You know, it's kind of a loaded question, but what do you envision for your dancers? And well, there's two parts to that. I'll come back to the second part. And for you, as you lead this community, what what do I see uh, where all this leads? Well, yeah. I see for myself, I want to expand, um, and I don't necessarily. I want to formalize it a little bit more because, you know, it takes a long time to record all these videos and um, I would ultimate, ultimate, ultimate vision would be, you know, having like a, a University of Flamenco, but online, a University of Flamenco dance online kind of a, of a style. So where people can, you know, follow a very um, uh, progressive curriculum to follow, to, to learn what they need to learn. And, um, and I'm, you know, slowly building it, but that takes uh, a lot. <laughs> and um, so that's that's how I envision it, just like really expanding it so that people would know, like, okay, if I start here and I, you know, follow everything and like over here, I'll be like 
professional, you know, or at least very, very advanced. So that's, that would be my ultimate goal. Wow. That sounds good, Rena. <laughs> I don't know if I knew that that was in the works. That sounds fabulous. And just doing it one step at a time. I, the, the other part of the question that I want to come back to one is this motivation. So you're absolutely right. I know for me as a person, if there is a live opportunity, whether it's for my online business learning or my dance, I will show up. Mm -hmm. I am less likely to show up when something is recorded and how, so I use that accountability of the live to make it, but put it on my schedule. But I did have this epiphany where I thought, well, if you treat it like that, all you have to do is treat, treat making your art like that as well, you know, make, set it as that class time, because I will take that time for myself. So how do you encourage people to make that time for themselves? Like, how do they find that internal, their internal why, for lack of a better term, but how do you encourage them to find that and take that action? and stay consistent with it also to like find that dedication. I think like little, little prizes help, but also having that live component where, uh, or some sort of a deadline and a live component, meaning that um, like, for example, I have challenges in my, um, in my members group. So I say, okay, this month we're working on this and um, to, you know, to you know be in the challenge you need to have like six videos by the end so every week this is our schedule you know so i want you to post this video this video this video at this time this time this time so that helps them and then especially like if there's the community aspect around it like you see other people participating as well so that's that encourages you so i think it's just like having those incentives and those deadlines that 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 help people but I know like other people, you know, just don't participate in those challenges at all. But I know that they're participating in the um, going through the content as well. So it all depends on the person for sure. But I find that that really does help like to create some sort of event of, of learning. Can you talk a little bit more on this theme of obviously I assume people who are joining you for dancing already have some sense of this is of value for me. But if, you know, they're investing time, they're investing in your community, they're investing in learning. If someone is listening and they're just thinking, A, they might feel really intimidated because I know dance does that a lot. <laughs> dance, dance and, and art. It seems like the creative arts can have that odd reverse effect where it keeps people from trusting themselves. Um, when, when they are just listening and thinking, I know this would be good for me, but I either feel intimidated. I don't feel good enough. Um, you know, I, I'm closing in on myself during this time. I don't even know what to do with myself. It's just such a surreal point in our, in our lives, our history. What would you say to someone to encourage them to find those elements in their life that really like, you know, light them up, that give them that fire, that give them a little bit of peace and, and joy beyond just what we know to be true about exercise and that it does just mentally help. Like it's just an instant mood lifter, 
even just from accomplishing, you know, however you showed up, you showed up and that's a mood lifter. What would you say to someone who's just doesn't know where to begin with this or know how to make that time for what they really love, especially now when it feels like so much is just loud and chaotic. And I think like, you know, I mean, I would hate to say like, well, you just do it. But I think like if they are looking for it, if they feel that, that, that sense of being lost and overwhelmed and just like, just crushed by life as it is right now, I have a feeling that they will be searching, scrolling somehow and find that, that message that actually resonates with them, whether it's flamenco or art or underwater basket weaving, they're going to find that whatever ad um, that's going to say, Hey, come over here. And, and hopefully it would be uh, an offer that's enticing enough so that they would spark their curiosity that, that, um, that doesn't feel intimidating, that it just feels attainable. And, you know, and then hopefully that they, that whatever offer it would be, would be something that's attainable and doable. Cause like, okay, like you say, it's just, okay, 10 minutes a day. Like, okay, I think I, I can do 10 minutes a day. And so just, you know, being able to, to break it down, like, okay, if I have do it for 10 minutes a day, all right, then, you know, what time am I going to do it? But those are like, you know, those, just like the regular habits that we all try to build, like, oh yeah, we all know, oh yeah, you got to schedule it in, get your running shoes out in front of you. So you trip over them. So you'd be sure to put them on, you know, but of course, like we're, it's so easy for us to, um, to, to ignore those, those, those things. But hopefully like, you know, if someone's like, I would think that if someone is just like totally lost in the moment right now, that they, when they do find that one little uh, spark that interests them, that they, you know, that they follow through with it, you know, just press that, just click and just, and sign up and just, you know, if they, if they can do it once for like 10 minutes, that will usually like give them the little, um, incentive of like oh well that, that was nice and you know i feel kind of better maybe i'll do it again so i, I think this is like hopefully just like following that curiosity like and you know like everyone like everyone who has like that is all crazy um they all know what they truly need you know whether it's like that artistic outlet or something right and um you know but they whether they accept it or allow it or just deny it but they, they know, they, they do know. And so hopefully it's just like when they see that opportunity that they actually grab it. <laughs> yeah. And how do you encourage people? Because, well, now um, you have your family. Everyone is at home, right? Virtual learning is happening too. How do you encourage the moms that maybe always want to put others first and not take that time for themselves? Like, there's that. And then why do we do that? Why do we do that to ourselves, Rena? Why do we know, like you said, I think you're right. Um, everybody knows to some degree what they need and yet they don't always prioritize that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, like for the moms, I mean, I get it. Cause like, I wasn't able to come up for air until like both kids are like in what middle school. So <laughs> I don't know if I would be really good at uh, give good advice on like what they can do when they're in the trenches. Right. Because, you know, if you have a crying baby, that baby is like, you know, evolutionary. You got to take care of that baby before you take care of yourself. That's just the way it goes. But um, but you get into that habit. Right. And so I think like 
at a certain point, women of a certain age realize <laughs> that, oh, I can't act that way anymore um, because it, I, I'm tired of, you know, I'm tired. I'm, I'm busting my head against the wall and it's bleeding and that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think like, uh, of course, like self-care for mothers, if you're a young mother, like, oh, that absolute self-care is necessary. So even if it's just like five minutes here and there of whatever practice that's going to set you straight, set you... Um, you know, get you back to yourself, right? Because it's so much is just giving, 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 giving. But if you can get like that five minute practice just to get back to yourself, then that would be so, 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 so amazing. Whatever that practice would be, whatever it's meditation, yoga, art, dance, whatever, just like some something that, that brings them back to themselves. Absolutely. That's hard. I know. Yeah. It's just finding it where you can get it. That's a start. Knowing, knowing that you want it is even a start, I believe. Like it starts to get the ball rolling. So talk to us um, as we, I know you have to get back. <laughs> you have to get back to life and work and all of the things. Talk to us about the challenge that you're hosting. So at the time of this episode going up, someone can join you in a free challenge that you're doing. And also I would love for you to share some of like some of the well success stories are different in in dance in terms of you know people benefit again just by participating but what have you seen with some of your members who have joined and how they've grown and so tomorrow I start uh, a four-day challenge of like dancing with abandon and um so it's like a four-day challenge and then um you know where we ha I have a different video every day and it's adaptable to all the different levels like new beginners to advanced and um and then that'll lead up um to the my open enrollment period for my online flamenco studio and what i found i mean like i have so many stories of all kinds of different women's from all around the world doing learning different amazing things like some would actually you know are learning choreography so they're performing them live with musicians i have you know a new new beginners who are actually you know learning flamenco and actually learning dances and you know performing them for their family i have um Women who, you know, just live in a flamenco desert, there's nothing near them, but they actually can, you know, take lessons with me and they're like fulfilling this lifelong um, desire. I have women, you know, who just, you know, just learn, they put in the time, put in the time and they see the progress and they, you know, are just so enamored with the community of like this new, this new group of people that they've come to know online. So it's just been very, 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 very rewarding in that sense. Like, oh my gosh learning flamenco online. It works. It actually works. <laughs> <laughs> this idea you had, it works. It works. Uh, so if, um, well, we'll put links into the show notes, but where can everyone find you, Rena? I am, I have two sites. So one is onlineflamencostudio.com and that's just like playing the, the online studio. And then I have more of my rounded flamenco stuff at rena oriana flamenco.com so and that you'll find like my live class offerings like via zoom and also more free um free lessons if you want some free online lessons go to rena oriana flamenco.com and you'll see uh, a tab there for um, online lessons and if people don't have any of the right shoes or all of that they can still jump in and they can learn and then figure out what 
to do next with it, right? Absolutely. Like with new beginners, I say don't buy anything. <laughs> don't buy anything until you know that it's something you want to invest in because you need, eventually you'll get shoes. Eventually you might get like a little practice um, board to, to dance on. But in the beginning, your socks and your on your kitchen floor, all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the, will you talk about the dance with abandon? I love it. What does that mean for you when you say dance besides somewhat of the obvious, but like, what does that really mean for you? It's like being inspired in the moment and be knowing that rhythm and knowing having a few moves and being able to express it rather going like rather than going oh, one two three four one two three four that you're actually just you know you're actually just dancing it as opposed to thinking about it that's yeah. dancing with abandon <laughs> oh i love it i love it so much and what was my one last oh what one last thought would you like to share with the listeners? Is there something that you would like to offer them today? Like, I think in no matter what space you're in, it always comes down to, you know, how do you want to feel and what's the, what's the next step on how you want to feel to get to that, to that one little level. And, um, and so it's so easy to get caught up in the big picture of like, oh my gosh, I want to be, a, I don't know professional artists or I want to be a professional dancer and it's like you'll get overwhelmed with thinking about that it's like okay what can I do now and and how do I want to feel while doing it do I want to do I want to feel like an a-hole trying to get my goals or do I want to feel inspired right so inspired you know really really tap into that into that wonderful wonderful feeling and then what is that next step I love that and showing up online today for my class or what because you're so right when we're, when we're always just thinking of kind of this end end goal or it looking a certain way or achieving this certain level in business or in our art or dance, we do sometimes show up. My 88 year old neighbor calls it an Adam Henry. <laughs> we do, we do show up like an a-hole, <laughs> Adam Henry, like our, the stress, we like ruin the moments, you know, on the way there, we forget to enjoy it mistake mistakes I'm always like air quoting that mistakes and all because what are they they aren't really they're just part of the learning process part of learning the language part of developing the muscle just part of becoming feeling very inspired a whole new level Rena to infuse more of that I've been very end game focused my my podcast listeners know that and they sort of have moments like today where I'm reminded, yeah, where are you going? <laughs> where, where are you going? You're already there just by showing up. Just like today, we, yes. we, uh, we're here on the podcast. We did it. <laughs> the sound was very good on the second half. <laughs> we're making it all work. And so that was wonderful, Rena. I really thank you so much for joining me today and sharing a little. I'm so happy to be here. Insight of flamenco, and um, and we'll. I know we'll talk more again in the future. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Creative Thursday is recorded and produced by me, Marisa. You can find all things Creative Thursday at creativethursday.com and creativethursdaycourses.com. You can find all things Rena Oriana at onlineflamencostudio.com. 
and RenaOrianaFlamenco.com. Be sure to join Rena for her challenge and do some dancing with her and learn from her and just be in her wonderful, inspiring, and empowering energy. And I thank you so much for listening, and I'm wishing you a beautiful, calm, calm in the chaos, creative in the chaos week. Take good care. Until next time, friends.